0: Well hello everybody and welcome to another episode of We Welcome Your Teams, a podcast about one of the most unique jobs in sport, the football stadium announcer.
1: Oh, it's just the highest honour you could have without putting on the shirt. I was flying back for every home game. Groundsman came over and said, just read what you've read out again. And I said, like, oh my God.
2: Number 40, making its debut, Salt and Pepper Tofu.
1: I'm saying, come on, get off the pitch, you band bots!" come on. My uh, office at the time was actually a shed. I'll say, Do you know who I am? And they luckily know, so I stand there and go, <laughs> There will be two minutes of added time. And at that point, I'm in. I can't any words. Uh, Yes, a very warm welcome to you. The podcast
0: that is all about the people who stand on the sidelines, clipboard in one hand, a microphone in the other, and address the crowd at every game. My name's Rich Hurston. For the last few years, I've been announcer at the Hawthorns, West Bromwich Albion. And you know what? For your average football fan, we get a unique kind of access to your beloved clubs, and we've certainly got stories to tell about the players and the managers we've met down the years. So if you've ever noticed those people who announced the goal scorers and the added minutes and wondered how they get that job, and you want to know what it feels like when it all goes wrong in front of thousands of people, you are in the right place. Uh, we're just about ready to start another episode, but just before we do, in true stadium announcer style, I am off to go and start panicking about whether some plucky fan is going to attempt to propose at half-time. Don't do it! So yeah, very warm welcome to this episode, recording in the depths of British winter where the announcers who are still lucky enough to be working are layering up. I used to go for at least four layers for midweek cup replays, especially the ones that went to extra time and penalties. It is typical that the season where I can't work is the one they get rid of replays. It's all about the leggings under the suit for me. Warm thighs, good vibes. My own Uh Of course, we're fresh from the January transfer window closing. There have been some interesting additions to squads everywhere, and it is our job as a podcast about stadium announcers to track down the ones that are going to cause the most headaches. We'll do that later on in the show. Uh, also, a massive thanks to Matt from Luton who joined us on our last episode. I've still got some of those crowd effects he sent us, like this. It's, it's a library. It's, it's a library. But I can guarantee you that today's podcast is going to be anything but a library. We are chatting to someone who's been 14 years in the job at Fleetwood Town. It's Rod Aldsworth. Hello, Rod.
2: Good evening, guys.
0: Good to see you. And alongside us, as always, fresh from Manchester United's 9-0 win versus Southampton. I expect he hasn't got any voice left. Alan Keegan. Good
1: evening, boys. I'm still glowing. I'm still as happy as Larry.
0: Let's, Let's start with the biggest wins or defeats You've been you've been stadium announcer for, Is that that must be your biggest then.
1: yeah, for me it definitely has been. I mean, nine nil, what an incredible scoreline! And uh, I was sat in the Stretford end back in the day when Andy Cole scored five and we beat Ipswich nine nil. But it was great to be the announcer and something I'll never forget. And particularly at this time during COVID, but it made it that extra bit special. Just a shame the fans weren't in to see it and experience it.
0: Rod, what about you? You've been there for uh, a few goals going in. Yeah, um,
2: mine mine compared to, uh, to Alan's bears into insignificance because um, we go back to two thousand. You've had me working today, by the way. Uh, we go back to two thousand and nine, where we've got Fleetwood Town eight, Redditch nil.
0: And and the best thing for you there, I suppose, on that. And 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 the same for you, Al, as well. is, is like you say about doing it when the crowds are in, when the crowds are there. You, you do find, don't you? Do you not, I don't know, do you, do you, does your style change ever so slightly? You go from, yes, we scored the first one, to yes, second one, yes, third one, you know, three points surely in the bag now, then four, then five. Then when you start getting above five, I don't know, do you ever find that a little bit of a tone of like ridiculousness creeps into your voice like, six goal scorer, seventh goal scorer, I don't know. Al, did you, did you on,
1: on the other night? No, I'm. I'm afraid, Rich. I still had the the enthusiasm on the ninth goal, <laughs> as I did with the first goal. It was just amazing.
0: And what about for that for that eight, Rod? Did you did you, did you find yourself getting carried away a little bit, or did you try and try and maintain that that big, that lovely level of professionalism?
2: No, I, it'll be that lovely level of professionalism. Nice. <laughs> Trust me.
0: Tricky getting carried away. Speaking of getting carried away, uh, we're getting to that point of the season where if the crowds were in. And a home game falls anywhere near Valentine's Day that some plucky chap or or lady is going to attempt a proposal, you know, in the half time. Anyone had that or ever had to handle one?
1: Yeah, well, I've got, we've got, we've had a couple of proposals where um, we had a young couple from um, China who actually approached the club and the gentleman involved asked could he propose to his, fiance on the pitch at half time and the club allowed that and it was it was fantastic. Um he actually brought down Brian Robson and the, the, the gentleman was an absolutely massive United fan. So when Brian Robson came down as well, I think if he could have done the ceremony and married them there and then the, the guy would have been dead happy with it. But <laughs> yeah it was it, it was it was that was a nice one. But I've I've got a little story here which um I'll sort of tone it down slightly but I got a request off a member of staff um one of the guys who'd worked at united for many many years um i won't say which department he worked in but i got a i got approached would i put a proposal out at half time whatever the weekend nearest to Valentine's, times to his let's say let's just make your name up and say she was called julie so half time comes i do the requests and dedications and then i said we've got a very special request now uh, from, let's say, Billy. Uh, Billy uh, wants me to propose on his behalf to his love of his life, who's in the East Stand. Uh, so, Julie, if you're listening, Billy has asked me to ask you, will you marry him? And if you can get a message down here in time before the kick-off of the second half, I'll announce what your answer is. But Julie in the East Stand, Billy wants you to marry him. Anyway, that was fine. Uh, I never got a response before the second half kicked off. However, I got a call on Monday morning of the secretary of the club. And I knew it was serious when he was ringing me direct. And he said, uh, well, Alan, he said, can you just talk me through what happened um, on Saturday at half time? So I said, yeah, OK, no problem. Went through this, did that announcement, went through the request, the sponsorship reads, etc., etc. I said, uh, Oh, yeah, so I did a proposal, a, w- a wedding request um, from X, from Billy to Julie. And he said, Yes, he said, That's why I'm phoning you, actually. He said, Because although Billy was proposing to the love of his life, who is Julie, that Billy's wife has been on to me this morning and isn't very happy that we, as a club, making these sort of announcements at half time marriage proposals when billy and his current wife aren't even divorced yes they might be separated but she isn't very happy (laughs) so i said well i said i wasn't aware obviously you know that i know i wouldn't have done the request so from that day onwards (laughs) united have banned marriage proposals (laughs) brilliant magic
0: uh, right rod let's get on to you let's get on to you and fleetwood town uh how long's this lovely relationship been going then you and fleetwood town and how did you get the job there
2: right i i got the job in uh, in january 2007 uh i'd been a northern soul dj working the, the the clubs back in the 70s and the uh, the chairman's one of the chairman's mate was um the son of one of the guys that again, used to work on the Northern Soul circuit, and I was at uh, at Fleetwood Town one day, and they, they just said, "Look, we're after a PA man. Will you do it?" And uh, I met the the chairman, and uh, just, but I didn't know if I wanted the job or if I didn't. If I'm honest,
0: I was, was going to say, "How'd you feel about getting asked?" Yeah,
2: yeah. So I, I just put across some ideas that. Uh, if, if i wanted the job i wanted it to be something a little bit different so it was just about the time when crystal palace were using glad all over as the goal celebration music and i thought Do you know what if we could find something just a little bit out of the ordinary to celebrate the goal music if i present that to the chairman you might run with it we didn't have a lot of technology back in the day it was a cd player that you press go basically and um, I came up with the idea because it was a seafaring port of 21 seconds of Captain Pugwash. <laughs> and we've lived with that forever since, since back to, to 2007. We still use it today. Um, we've been interviewed about it by Radio 5 and people like this when they were doing the, the Middlesbrough thing as well. And um, it stuck with us and, and, and it works.
0: Wow. Now we've had we we have had gold music as a as a topic in general come up quite often on the pod, and um, I think it's fair to say how most people aren't aren't fans of it. Some clubs do it, some clubs don't. But um, I've I've certainly encountered on social media sort of I, I, we did a we did a poll about it. Uh, I did a poll about it on our uh, announcers pod uh, Twitter feed, um, and it's it's a bit marmite, but Captain Pugwash is just next level. It really is next level. <laughs> I can't believe that. So, <laughs> and that and that was your and I love that. That was your stamp on coming in and saying, right, if you want me to do it, we're having Captain Pugwash. Did you meet any resistance? Is there has there ever been a point in all these years where someone somewhere's gone? We've got to change it, haven't we?
2: Oh, I think it's brilliant. No, no, no. The the Fleetwood fans love it. The the chairman loves it because it's publicity for him. Um, and it it just just totally works i have uh, sam who, who who i rely on people to press buttons and um we have pug wash ready from uh, one second after three o'clock or one second after seven forty-five, ready to hit 21 seconds so the goal goes in 21 seconds of pug wash and then i announce the goal
0: i love it I, I i don't know anywhere else like it that's got goal music like that i, I don't al do you
1: no, and I think I think that the whole reasoning behind it—that's why it works. You know, yeah. it's got the story, like you say, the seafaring port. It's got the connection, <laughs> and I think from that point of view, that's where it's one hundred percent. Like you say, it does work. But other pieces of music that you hear, or it just doesn't ring right with me. You know, like it's very Americanized. Mm-hmm. Whereas that, oh. <laughs> you get away with it.
0: It's very true, actually. That the fact, A that, little story, yeah.
2: Um, Played Sunderland in our league, a, a big big side on a Tuesday night, um, maybe the season before last. They were they were looking to go up, a Tuesday night game. It's pouring with rain, and Fleetwood absolutely battered Sunderland. The, the final score was two one, but a mate of mine's coming out of the ground, and he heard a Sunderland fan whinging. He said it's not just getting beat. He says it's dummy heading. He says, but they play Captain Bloody Pugwash as well.
0: <laughs> I do like it. it. Does kind of rub it in a little bit, doesn't it? That you've yeah. conceded to Fleetwood and now you've got to sit through twenty-one seconds of Captain Pugwash. <laughs> hey, imagine if you had a nine-nil at Fleetwood. What does that mean? in the eight-nil, you had eight Captain Pugwashes. Um,
2: yeah, at the time, <laughs> probably. I, I I can't remember back if I'm straight with you, oh. but the, the kit I had when I started was honestly just a CD player that was connected to some little speakers at various parts of the ground. Wow! And I was jack of all trades. So yeah, the, the pub wash would have been played eight times.
0: Yeah. Just yeah, just got to go back, re- uh, you know, skip back, play again, skip back, yeah. play again, <laughs> skip back, play again. Wow! Uh, well. Um... <laughs> We've, I feel like we've peaked with Captain Pogwash. There, are we, are we going to get any better than that? Should we just call it a day now? <laughs> oh, amazing! And and look, let's let's come back to, to the current situation in a minute because we are, we, you know, we are conscious of it more and more. How different is 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 the way you're doing it now compared to the the, the good old days?
2: So on match days now, the the the, com- the the club stance basically is we do everything the same as if. We've got fans in because people are paying to watch the game on Mm iFollow. Yeah. So everything is the same as a normal match day. Literally everything. Wow. The only thing we've fine-tuned a little bit is we have what we call a wet run and a dry run. So the, the dry run is me doing the teams and any safety announcements and highlighting any sponsors at about 20 minutes before kickoff. And then the wet run is me going the same time as the big screen. And the words that come out of my mouth are basically magnified on the big screen as well. So we've got a formula that works now. And um, that's that's the way that we, yeah. we do it, to be honest. nice. Um, nothing changes.
0: That must be quite nice, actually, um, because, you know, the fact that obviously you know having to do it without a crowd means you miss that buzz you don't get that energy to, to sort of you know bounce off you know uh, uh, you know just before kickoff and, and and when when the team score so how different how different does it feel how much gusto are you, are you still able to give it a bit of gusto even though there's no crowd there because technically you know it is exactly the same as you would be doing if there is a crowd
2: yeah Rich, there's, there's a major major change for me with with covid um historically i've always worked in the tunnel and uh, i can see when the teams are in the tunnel i normally highlight that fact to everybody but with areas being uh, different color safety areas within the ground now i'm not allowed near the tunnel so i have to sit in the press box upstairs uh, next to the guy that plays the music and um it's been a but a bit of a change, to be honest.
0: So, Rod, uh, you know, there's loads. There's loads of wanted. You know, fourteen years is a long time.
2: I've been pointed out this by the uh, Brian Porter, the announcer at AFC. Filed. Uh, yes. He knew I was coming on tonight. He's emailed me and he said, <laughs> "Just make sure you highlight the fact that you've had six promotions in fourteen years and no relegations."
0: Well, wow. I was, I was going to come on to being being there for those promotion moments and having not experienced you know as as I have Alan hasn't but I've I've certainly been there where we've had to try and interact with the crowd or do our job with the crowd when it's it's that that sour atmosphere so let's let's go then over some of those great moments then because we always talk about you know over your time on the mic to take us take us to some of the great moments that you've been you know delighted to have been there for and calling the teams out on
2: most of the times we've been promoted we've been away on the last game of the season and um, when we won the conference we had our game on the telly on the friday night and we had to rely on wrexham who were neck and neck with us dropping a point against somebody on the saturday and and the, the team they were playing was somebody at the bottom. I could be wrong here, but I, it was somebody like Ebbsfleet. And back in, in that particular time, nine and a half times out of 10, Wrexham would murder Ebsfleet on the last game of the season. <laughs> and I went to watch Nottingham Forest with my wife. And because of the signal at, at Forest, it was very difficult to get any scores of any games. Um so we walked back to the car, got in the car at five o'clock, and it came up that something like and 1 Ebbs Fleet 3 and Fleetwood were up, and that's how I found out we were a league club.
0: No way. <laughs> so so does that mean That's a, that's a point actually. How do you when promotion is so close but not confirmed? You know, you've, you've you've got to be there for the crowd because I suppose everyone can feel it in the ground at you know the end of that penultimate game, but you can't you can't do anything. You can't do the celebrations. There's no, you know, team coming onto the pitch and doing a little lap of honour. So you never had any of that.
2: Uh, we we had it once when we um, we got promoted in the Conference North playoffs. Yeah, where we we won we drew away and um, we beat alfreton at home 1-0 i didn't get a lot of enjoyment out of that if I, if i remember back because really? it was such a nervous occasion mm-hmm. that there was so much riding on one goal that the word enjoyment doesn't come into it
0: have you is have you, there ever has there ever been a time when you've kind of got Got involved you know what I mean just felt you know like saying something a little bit beyond what you'd normally do because of the emotion of a situation
2: the only thing the times that, uh, that I've been at the ground when anything like that's happened I have the the police putting in my earpiece just get people off the pitch oh, okay And, yep. and basically <laughs> half the time you find in the right kind of kind words <laughs> to ask people to leave the pitch.
0: And, and and they never listen, do they?
2: No, they don't. You've got the police saying, you know, try again. You're you wanting to say we're up or something like that. And you've got the local sergeant responsible for the game. You know, try again, try again, try again. T- tell him it's an offence to be on the pitch. Yeah. And as I say, I, I did Wembley. When Fleetwood got to Wembley, they invite the... Um, PA men from the teams yep. that are playing there to uh, to go on the pitch and bring your your team out. I well, found that was a an unbelievable occasion. Yeah, we got a, an email on the day before the game. So Rod goes onto the pitch, and we want we want Rod to say ten very interesting things about Fleetwood. <laughs> right. We had a brainstorming session the night before. We couldn't come up with more than six. <laughs> and they were as basic as it's the only league club in Britain that hasn't got a railway station nearby. <laughs> Hopefully, filed is about six miles away. And that's the closest. But we, we got that desperate, right? Point seven was going to be that John Lennon John Lennon holidayed in Fleetwood in 1963. <laughs> That's
0: how desperate we were. Wow! Imagine that. <laughs> God, I didn't know they had to do that. I never knew that. We 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 spoke to when we spoke to. I'm trying to think of the people we spoken to. Al, who have done Wembley, I suppose. Obviously, I had Paul at Arsenal oh, at a few times. Yeah, uh, Richie at Birmingham, who came and ended up singing "Keep Right On" because uh, his his interview guest had let him down. But ne- I've never heard of having to come up with ten interesting things about your club or your city.
2: And <laughs> uh, honestly, at uh, point point six, we I gave up. <laughs> <laughs> what's What's been
1: your worst moment, Rob? What comes to mind where you look back and you think perhaps where you've said something wrong or just a, a general comment on something that you look back and think, Oh no, mm-hmm. that was awful.
2: When we got into the league, we we signed a few let's be kind and call them journeymen oh, yeah. that were after their last payday that nobody else wanted them. And Fleetwood was a, a place to go for the last season. And the uh, media team, the guy had got a sore throat and he rang me up and, and said, um, look, he said, can I borrow you tonight? He said, because we're, we're going to interview the, the new players that have, that have joined. Uh, so it can go out on, on the web And I said, yeah, yeah, of course So we had signed a guy that played for Colchester And previously Liverpool Called Stephen Gillespie And for the first five minutes of the interview Maybe a bit longer I called him Keith Gillespie
1: We've all been there Yep Yeah <laughs> Oh yeah. And
0: and who who brought it up? Did it did he correct you in the end or yeah, did you he
2: said my name's Stephen.
1: Oh
0: magic. Magic and, moment.
2: And I was just brainwashed with I don't know what was going through my head, but but I suppose Keith Gillespie is a more familiar name yeah. Stephen Gillespie.
0: Yeah, definitely remember Keith. Definitely.
2: And uh he said, I'm sorry to stop you, he said, but my name's Stephen. Ouch. Ouch. Can I tell you a little story about when I got in trouble? So we play AFC Wimbledon and I read out 31 Mambo. And I added the bit afterwards, should be wearing number five <laughs> for Mambo number five. Yeah. Right? And Wimbledon complained.
0: About what about what? Not not getting Mambo number five on the playlist?
2: No, they, they complained <laughs> that it wasn't professional. So I got me... I didn't get my knuckles wrapped, but I think they they sent a letter to the club saying it was unprofessional or something like that. Oh,
0: it's nothing like that. I wouldn't have minded that. Surely, I bet the players had it. Surely.
2: He must have had it elsewhere, but...
0: Interesting protocols. Interesting protocols. A little bit of Monica in my life. A little bit of Erica by my side. A little bit of Rita's all I need. A little bit of Tina's what I see. All right, all right. Enough of that. Enough of that. In the sun. Thank you very much to Rod. More from him shortly. Uh, I thought I'd bring you an update on the socials uh, of this episode. So recently I've noticed a few things involving some of our favourite stadium announcers. Uh, Former Everton midfielder Kevin Ball was commenting on the music played at full time at the end of one of their games recently. Graham White, man on the mic, at Everton, was straight on the tweet He's blasting out a bit of singing the blues and got lots of attention and loads of people replying to Kevin saying, check out Mr. Graham White. Good work up there as always. Um, We had our poll this week on whether you are in favour of gold music or not. Big topic of conversation whilst we were banging on with Rod earlier. Um, And a few people are in favour, to be fair. We might do this pod again at the end of this series and see if there's a different reaction because 80% of people absolutely love gold music can't get it Uh, on spotify our walkout music playlist means we'll be adding fleetwood's walkout song to it soon Uh, it's an absolute tune but the story behind why they use it is even better. Stand by for that in part two. And also want to let you know about guests coming up as well. We're looking forward to speaking to Mike Botto of Bournemouth. Had himself a famous blunder when he left his mic on in a game against Spurs. But we'll wait till he's on to explain that. And very soon as well, just in time for the Manchester derby in March. Alex Kirkley of Manchester City will join me and Alan Keegan of Man United. For a little bit of sparring. Yeah, a little bit of sparring. A little bit of Rita, a little bit of Monica, sorry. Uh, Right, let's get you back to Rod and let's start chatting about the managers he's worked with at Fleetwood. So look, let's get into uh, a little bit more about your time as a stadium announcer and the sort of uh, the the players and and, and managers you've come across. You've, You've literally just, hasn't Simon Grayson literally just joined Fleetwood as manager? Yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's how many managers that have been there in your time?
2: Right, I've got a list here. Okay. Um, oh, it's
0: long. <laughs> Is it longer no, than guess, the uh, six honest. things you could think about for Wembley?
2: Um, <laughs> how many managers are we at? <laughs> Um, Non-league days, it was a guy called Tony Greenwood. Uh-huh. And then it was Mickey Mellon who took us up. We've had Uwe, Uwe Rossler. Ah. Uh, Stephen Presley. Uh, John Sheridan, top, top bloke. And um, and Graham Alexander, another top bloke, and um, and then we've had Joey recently,
0: and Joey Barton, and now Simon Grayson. Yeah. So, so out of those ones you've you've, you've had there down the lines, who are the ones you say were, were you know good at forming relationships, or who are the ones who like were happy to chat and, and form a relationship with their stadium announcer?
2: Every single one. Wow. With the except, except of, the exception of Joey. Oh, okay. <laughs> and And, and they they were they wanted to be part of the team on a match day so say if we were uh, celebrating I don't know what or or somebody had passed away or whatever that we needed the teams in the circle before the game Mm -hmm. the format we had was I'd go in and see them about five past two just to explain what the last word the referee was going to say so they were totally on board and honestly with all of them it worked an absolute treat
0: wow how good's that and and what about a away any, any kind of ones you know that just felt like you know you could we always talk about this with everyone about you know the managers that i suppose take time out for them that's the important thing isn't it because you know we are we are a little cog of of match days we are a small but important part so it's good that different managers you know can chat to us and, and, and feel like, you know, they can say stuff to them and we can stay, say stuff back?
2: There's not been anything really that I can highlight because they've all just been dead easy to get on with. You know, John Sheridan came in to try and keep us up a few years ago. I knocked on his door at two o'clock. I said, well, I'm Rob, the PA announcer. I said, um, you know, I some, sometimes need your help on things, but I'll always come in just after two o'clock to tell you what I would like you to do. And he said... Just get on with it, mate. He says, "I'm the football manager. You're the stadium announcer. Let's just do it together."
0: <laughs> and, and did you did you feel like he was kind of saying, uh, you know, I, I, was was? Do you think that was his offering of saying that, you know, whatever we can do, we can do, or was it a little bit like, you do my job, I'll do your, you know, you do? No, 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 no.
2: A, a nicer bloke you couldn't wish to meet.
0: Yeah. And more about and more about any managers who wanted to? Interfere? Not, not maybe the right word. Adjust. You know, I'm thinking of in terms of music or things you did pre-match, during the match. Do they want to change how you know you announced goals or anything like that? Anyone want to have an effect no, on what you no, did?
2: No one. The the only thing in the in in the early days when Pugwash first got um, taken on board was the the then manager Tony Greenwood pulled me and um, said, "I don't like the goal music. I want you to use Chelsea Dagger." Uh. and i said no we're not using it and um and uh that was the last i heard of it and really yeah
0: that's interesting and imagine if you changed and captain pogwash had died out <sighs> <laughs> would, would you have because obviously i know captain pogwash was a big thing for you when you joined would if if he changed to chelsea dagger would you have stayed on
2: I don't know. I just think I made my point at the time. Okay, well done. <laughs> um, I, I'm not a person that wants confrontation, but I will stand my ground. And if I think something's right, I'll, I'll argue the toss.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, I think I think we all agree. You're damn right with Captain Pugwash as the goal music. I hope that never changes, especially not for Chelsea Blooming Dagger. Or I don't know about I don't know about yeah. you, out. I don't know about you, Al, But, yeah. but che- Chelsea Dagger is it's is t- that song that makes me hate goal music.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And the fact that it's got Chelsea in the title. Well,
0: yeah. <laughs> That's a good shout. Yeah. And, and what, any any particular players down the years as well? Obviously, we'll, we'll strike uh, Stephen Gillespie off this list. But any other players down the line that you've had decent relationships with?
1: No,
2: because um, you just say your, your normal hellos and goodbyes when you see him. Or if you see him in the supermarket, you'll stop and have five minutes. Oh. Um what I do find different, though, the the person that played non-league football for us is very different to the person that plays league football. Yeah. There's more of a a privacy about league players. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were non-league, you you could say anything, but I think. They keep their. They're always afraid of yeah. saying the wrong thing. Aren't we I, all? I, I, there is a ma- honestly a massive difference you find between the attitude of, of non league players and the attitude to league players, who sometimes, rightly or wrongly, think they're somebody.
0: <laughs> well, if, if you want to speak to someone who's dealt with uh, egos of different levels, Alan Keegan, of Manchester United.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's. Um, it is interesting because, as you say, you know, I think as well, because everybody, when they get to that level, whatever the league is, it's it's high profile, isn't it? And they're always worried about one thing or another. So, I do get that. Actually, I do. I do know what you mean by that. You, in a in a sort of roundabout way, you find the lads who've come through the academy or through the youth system at United. They they've always got a bit more time. Yeah. That's what I've noticed, you know, which uh, I suppose it's a bit of a similar comparison when you look at the the, the sort of ones who've come from the the non-league, so to speak. But the academy players, when they progress, you know, for an example, Scott McTominay at the moment, he's an absolute diamond, you know, and if you're doing anything or when events are on or you're hosting something, he's absolutely top draw. You know, you can't get a better lad. He, He loves the club. He gets it. He knows about the fans he'll always accommodate you in any way you can
0: have you ever bumped into anyone any of the players in the supermarket and said hello no <laughs> only 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 because only rod mentioned it rod said oh you know if you see him in yeah. the supermarket you stop for a chat And i just suddenly had this wonderful picture of like you know alan keegan uh bumping into bruno <laughs> fernandez in sainsbury's having a chat
1: no i can't say i've ever met any of the, the, the players for united in my local supermarket but You know, they all live in Hale and Winslow and Alderley Edge. You know, I I certainly don't live there. (laughs)
0: Not out out there hanging around the neighbourhood. Oh, it's a shame. I'd love that. (laughs) Oh, Oh, brilliant. Um, All right, well, look, I want to talk a little bit more about your uh, your big moment before kick-off in a tick, Rod, um, and also uh, a little bit more about what you think makes a good stadium announcer. But we're going to stop everything right now for a game of this... So uh, we just had the January transfer window and I was asking around a few people about uh, players who've arrived during January transfer windows who present a bit of a headache for, for stadium announcers. Um, I can tell you that we haven't got enough time to go through uh, all the different players that our compatriots in the Scottish league have had to deal with. My word, my word. Uh, But, uh, recently, in fact, in this window, our old mate, Mr. Matt Crawley, who works at Luton, just had someone sign who I think has one of the longest, let alone hardest to pronounce, names in football. So I gave Matt sort of a couple of minutes after he'd brought the tweet up, and he's actually had a go at doing it for us. Here you go
1: Elijah, Anna Luapu,
0: Oluwatomi, Oluwalana, Ayamikaluhin, Luhin, so uh rod what about you anyone uh you've had down the years who's who's been a bit of a tongue twister
1: we've
2: made one acquisition in the the window and honestly i'm gonna get my lips around this i just don't know go on batty
0: ah <laughs> that, that's, that's not as dangerous as i thought that's okay that's all right <laughs> I, want, I was desperate to get Scott uh, Scott Wilson, who is a stadium announcer at Hearts. Um, I'm going to have to. I'm just going to have to read you his story. There's, there's. Uh, he, he popped a story to us, and I absolutely love it. Um, and it's, it's when Hearts apparently had a habit. This, listen to this; it just Shen shivers down your spine. He says Hearts had a habit of signing Lithuanian players during the reign of our, our chairman Vladimir Romanov. Uh, and we had one sign on the eve of us playing Barcelona at Murray Field. And pre-match, I spoke to the gaffer and asked how to pronounce this player's name. The player is something like... Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, but Scott goes on to say that the manager said, don't worry, Scott, he won't get on.
2: <laughs>
0: Scott then says... <laughs> Scott, yeah, you know what's coming. Scott says, after about 80 minutes... I see this guy taking his tracksuit top off to be followed by the manager looking up at my commentary point and just shrugging his shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) Scott Scott says, I had three attempts, much to the amusement of the sellout crowd at saying his name before settling on announcing him as number 88. Now the whole point of this feature is that I send you both via WhatsApp a player who has an interesting name and I ask you pretty much off the cuff uh, to announce it to me. So I am going to send that to you right now. So if you could both stand by your phones, I'm not going to give you too long to adjust on this one. I can confirm this week I have actually got the correct answer. I've got some audio to confirm or deny whether you get this one right. So there's no giving away half marks here. So, standby phones. Of course, last week we had uh, Cheeky Arca, who, when you read it, looks like Cheeky ass, but apparently is Cheeky Arca. And if you remember the week before that, Norti naughty. The player I've got for you to try and pronounce this week is actually, you'll be glad to say, not that, not too far Eastern European. We're going to the Czech Republic for this one. So, standby phones. There is your player. So there's your player.
1: You right that our guest goes first.
0: Uh, of course, yeah. So this this was this is when this chap was playing for Sparta Prague. If he came up on the team sheet right now, Rod, how would you say his name? Go.
2: Milan Fucal. Alan. Milan
0: Fucal. Oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> nice. Well, look, here is the and and by the way, uh, I cannot tell you how many hours I spent trawling through footage of Sparta Prague and the Czech Republic to get a commentator saying this guy's name. Try and see if you can hear it. It's in here somewhere.
1: There you go. Did we all get that? Yeah, we got that.
0: Good. There we go. Milan Fukal there, playing for Sparta Prague, who I think in that season won uh, Nothing or the best way to say that, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I'll give you both half a point for that one because you're both fairly close to Milav. Yeah. So well done. I'm dealing we'll with that one. <laughs> uh, we'll do another one of those next time, but I'm loving, uh, I'm going to get more of these ones from uh, the Hearts The Hearts Lithuanian back catalogue. Sounds like it could keep this feature going for a couple of years.
2: My biggest nightmare was I did a friendly and I sent you the team sheet, the afternoon afternoon yeah between blackburn rovers and aek athens <laughs> and that was just horrendous because they had about uh, 15 subs be- besides the 11 that played and all had names with like about 26 to 30 letters in <laughs> and i sat down for an hour trying to break it down into little bits <laughs> of of what to do. But then I, I have, I've had another one in my time at Fleetwood where this guy was a nightmare. And it's such a simple one, but my mouth wants to say something different to what my brain says. Kevin Amankwa.
0: Right.
2: (laughs) Kevin Amankwa played for Bristol city. uh, And he played for Exeter. And, um, when he got released by Bristol City, I thought, God, he's gone. Thank goodness for that. And then he turned up at Exeter. And um, he turned up on the subs bench. And everybody knew my thoughts about Kevin Amankwa, And I, I, it was like the Hart the, the situation. Please don't bring him on. <laughs> <laughs> he came on after 86.
0: Hey! <laughs> <laughs>
2: How I did not get it wrong to this day i cannot tell you
0: well you did very well because i imagine like you say it's that exact you put it perfectly there your eyes are telling you one thing oh. but your brain says something else
2: yeah
0: uh right let's get back to you then rod let's get back to your 255 moment please mate and and if you can take it take us through because it, it's it's the moment uh every stadium announcer will tell you is is the best part of their job the atmosphere you know we're talking about when the crowds are in and all that kind of stuff what what do you say when do you say it what about when the teams walk out to the pitch how does it all work at Fleetwood
2: so um, bang on 255 the volume goes up on the music and Sam Healy, Sam Heaney sorry my able assistant that's on the music this season my musical director as I call him nice he hits Frank Wilson Do I Love You the Northern (gasps) Soul Classic as loud as we can possibly get it without blowing anything, <laughs> and um, what is supposed to happen as Frank Wilson finishes about 2:57 and a half, in an ideal world, the team should come out of the tunnel. Um, but with the COVID situation, mm-hmm. they have it that the away side normally comes out first, and then Fleetwood are released. Um, when joy was here it could be anything one minute past three and it, it just cops your time and
1: <laughs> oh.
2: we, we, we've got we've got something else in place if it, if it doesn't work oh, okay and uh, and then as soon as uh, we we do the away side please welcome manchester united and please welcome your fleetwood town led by our skipper paddy madden and as soon as i say skipper and the two words we hit together in electric dreams now you might think together in electric dreams where's that come from yeah okay well our chairman that owns the club owns an electric and gas business
1: <laughs> brilliant <laughs> fantastic brilliant
2: right so um we at 12 seconds on as soon as i've said the the skipper's name uh the second word um my musical director hits the button and it's 12 seconds into. Giorgio Moroder and uh, and together in Electric Dreams, yeah. and and we play that right up to the referee blowing his whistle as loud as we can. Nice, and and I, that's I, it.
1: I love that. Yeah, I mean, uh, fantastic. Phil King, bring bringing in that uh, yeah. Human League and all the rest of it. I'm trying to think of songs with a. Uh, an yeah. Electrical. it's exactly
0: what I was doing, exactly what I was doing. It's like, well, is that now, you know, it's a good tune, but is that the best one with an electrical reference in?
1: <laughs>
2: orchestral yeah. maneuvers in the dark. Uh, Electricity. Yeah. Yeah, A, R, M, D, yeah. We, we'd gone down the route of, um, bear in mind that this was not my genius idea to gather <laughs> an electric dream. We, we tried everything from Dance of the Nights, we tried Shout to the Top, um, over various seasons, then the the chairman let us down really badly about four years ago, where he wanted Fleetwood Mac dreams playing as the teams came out. Well, you had to prod everybody in the stand to make sure they were still awake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not exactly the most uplifting. And it's it's a nice bit of music, don't get me wrong. But yeah, you can't. And and that isn't that funny. Isn't that where you have to come in as sort of announcer? Because we are kind of. You know, we're partly head of atmosphere as well. Our title, it might as well have that in brackets, mightn't it? And you've, you know, I love that. You know, you have to kind of bat that back a little bit and say, look, nice tune, but not for not for five minutes to kick off.
2: Did you know, Rich? That song, I have to say, it works unbelievably well.
0: Oh, I just want to see it in action now. That's the most painful thing about this, the situation what at the minute. Down there, mate.
2: Oh. listen, you guys. The invite is there for, for you oh. both to come and enjoy a match day experience with us.
0: I can't wait. And I'll tell you what, you had better score. Because if I come all that way and there's no <laughs> pugwash, I'm not going to be happy.
2: Well, we have this thing where, again, it's, it's driven by the chairman. Yeah. If we lose or draw at home, no music at the end of the game.
0: Oh, that's right? interesting. If
2: we win, we get together in Electric Dreams, blasted out once again. Yeah.
0: But nothing if it's a draw or a defeat. No,
2: nothing at all. He wants nothing.
0: Wow, why is, is it, why is that? Is that just to not? We're the same at Old Trafford. Nothing. You don't do anything on a loss or defeat.
1: On a yeah, loss or a draw, we, I didn't yeah, know that. We don't play it. No, but if we win, we play glory glory yeah. Man United.
0: I mean, hey, you know, I've witnessed plenty of defeats and everything at West Brom. Some great days out and all that kind of stuff. But I'm sure we've still played a little bit of music whilst the crap, you know, whilst the players have gone round shaking hands or or something like that. It's just maybe just not as celebratory. I can't remember now, but that's thrown me a little bit, that idea of just silence. But obviously, Rod, you still have to make an announcement, don't you?
2: No, we, we, at the oh. end of the game, the last thing that I do is it's a, a dead ball in added time, the man of the match. Okay. And as soon as I've done that, that's me done for the day.
0: Wow. That's interesting. We never, we never, I mean, it's, it makes... It makes sense and I get it. And it's not, you know, let's not draw light on a draw or defeat. But um, yeah, I never thought about that. Um, okay, Rod, last last question. Um, it's it's the big philosophical one. What in, what, in your opinion, makes a good stadium announcer?
2: Uh, Rich, there's a lot of things. Uh, and the most important thing, and, and I want to give a, a few name checks here, is the people that you surround yourself with. Because I've been dead lucky since I've had the job, since we've got in the football league, I've had some okay. some people that I work with that second best is not good enough. Okay. And they, they 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 strive to make everything that we do media, stadium announcers, everything as if we were premiership. Okay. So Listen, these guys have been massively important to me, and I know they're going to listen, so this is my way of saying thank you to them. Scott Walker, Sam Duffy, um, Jake Parker, Sam Fielding, Sam Heaney, and Will Watt, these these guys don't accept anything less than the best. And, and they make me work smarter and harder. Um, I think you've got to have a sense of humour, and I think you've got to be organised and you've got to be confident in what you're doing. If you make a mistake, just be confident and learn from it.
0: Um, I, I just want to come and see it all. When it, when it all opens back up, I'm coming to see it for uh, Together Electric Dreams and Captain Pugwash. And I feel like my quest in, in you know finding out <laughs> the holy grails of, of stadium announcing will be complete. Um, mate, thank you for the stories tonight, Rod.
2: My pleasure. I've enjoyed
0: it. just imagine it now. Uh, If you have ever experienced Fleetwood Town scoring and hearing Captain Pugwash, I'd love to know what it's really like when this is banging out around the stadium. Uh, if you've got tales about that or of any other unlikely tune that's played at a football stadium, please get in touch. On Twitter, we are at announcerspod. And of course, on Instagram, we welcome your team's pod as well. And as I mentioned earlier on, the walkout music uh, on our uh, Spotify playlist will be adding Together in Electric Dreams by Phil uh, uh, Philoke and Giorgio Moroder. Just because it's such a tune and serves wonders, I'm sure, for the electrical industry in Fleetwood. <laughs> that's it from us this week thank you so much to Rod at Fleetwood thank you of course as always to Alan Keegan from Manchester United as well there is just time for one more announcement on the pod before we go would Roger the cabin boy please report to the nearest steward that's Roger the cabin boy please report to your nearest steward thank you see you next time